Welcome to Lessons in Leadership, Steve Adubato with my colleague, Mary Gamba. How are we doing, Mary? It's another great day, Steve. You know me, always setting those positive intentions for the day, and let's make it a great day. Oh, wow. That is so <laughs> uplifting. Mary, we're going to talk about empathy in just a moment. But before we do that, can we empathize with our sponsors who make Lessons in Leadership possible? I would love to, yes. And I love how we share a brain. I had them ready to go. So thank you to our sponsors. They include Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, New Jersey Sharing Network, Choose New Jersey, Valley Bank. Uh, we have the North Ward Center, Veolia, Fedway Associates, Delta Dental, Seton Hall and the Bacino Leadership Institute, and our newest DevCo uh, in the Helix, which stands for the Health and Life Science Exchange. Some exciting stuff going on in the New Brunswick area uh, in the next uh, couple of years, for sure. Absolutely. We thank our good friend, Chris Palladino, who has come on board leading the DevCo operation in New Brunswick. We'll be talking about that, all about innovation. Let's welcome Tierney Wade, who's Chief Operating Officer, the National Society of Leadership and Success. The website will be up. Tierney, welcome to Lessons in Leadership. Thank you, Steve and Mary, for having me. You got it. Uh, your expertise in a whole range of areas about leadership is, is so fascinating. But the one that really we want to focus on today, empathy. You understand empathy better than most. So here's the question I've been struggling with for 20 plus years as a leadership coach. Can you teach people to be empathetic or does it have to be in your DNA? That's a great question. You know, I've read studies and seen studies that suggested that empathy is actually a, a primitive emotion that we're biologically programmed. So we're born with it. It's the nature um, that is instilled in us. It's actually called like emotional contagion. So it's contagious. It's the ability for us to share another being's emotion. And so that's why sometimes when you're in a room and you see a baby and it hears another baby crying, it too will start crying, right? It's like a contagious emotion. So it's a reflex of shared emotion. So some researchers actually suggest that empathy is hardwired biologically inside of us so that we can take care of our young right? So increase our odds of our genes continuing. So you are born with empathy, right? It's the emotional contagion. But what happens as you get into adulthood is that your capacity or your bandwidth to have empathy in the forefront of your life, it really shrinks, right? Because you're thinking about taking care of yourself for your loved ones. So that capacity that you have and that bandwidth that you have to exert empathy, it really shrinks. And so I think it's really important that you are able to go back to having awareness that you have it inherently and just making sure that it's something that you are aware of and bringing forth. But it's definitely something we're born with. Now, whether or not we have it into adulthood as an awareness piece, that's something we need to work on. Well, Tierney, here's the dilemma for those of mm -hmm. us who uh, coach, teach, write about leadership, obsess about leadership. You're working with a client who is a vice president of whatever, CEO, whatever, manager, whatever. And they're saying the feedback I'm getting is that I'm not empathetic enough with my team members. They don't sense that I care enough about them and their world. And I'm sitting there trying to coach them to be more engaged, empathetic, and care more and you seem to be saying, what are you doing, Steve? It is what it is. <laughs> um, I think that if you're a leader, listen, I, results, goals, achievements, those are all really important. We can all agree on that. 
What we can also agree on is building relationships has to be a leader's top priority in order to exhibit empathy. And so when I think about building relationships and I think about the best ones that you have in your life, whether it's your personal relationship or your professional relationship, why do you stay in those relationships? It's because well, you're sometimes a benefit. When job, sorry for interrupting. Sometimes when you're in a job because you need a paycheck to pay the rent. <laughs> Correct. Yes. So you stay in it because there's a benefit you're receiving, right? Yep. Either because you feel cared for, you're financially or intellectually yep. benefiting to your point. And what you need to do as a leader is build that relationship so that the person feels valued and heard and that they're receiving a benefit from it. Now you say they can receive a financial benefit from it, correct. So in that relationship that you're building, you really need to listen, have them be heard, understand what it is that they find mutually uh, beneficial from that relationship so they can be more motivated, more invested, more successful, and they will stay. So I think if you're talking to a leader and really trying to get them to be more empathetic in the workplace, they need to spend the time to authentically want to build that relationship to get that individual to stay. Got it. Easier said than done, but it's important. Go ahead, Mary. Yeah, Tierney, what do you say to people, because I have heard this before, that I've heard some of the leaders that Steve and I have coached, Steve and I have worked together for over two decades, say, hey, if I show too much empathy, too much compassion, it's going to show that I'm a weaker leader. It's going to show that I'm too soft. What do you say to those leaders? Because I do believe there's a fine balance between, as a leader, you do need to make some tough decisions, and it's going to make you not popular. But how do you balance being just mean and but also being empathetic and not being too wishy-washy. I think there's a separation between being mean or too, as you say, wishy-washy versus being transparent and being human in the way that you communicate. So when I hear that individuals say, well, I don't want to be shown as weak, right? I say, at the end of the day, you're building a relationship with your coworkers. You're building a relationship with your employees and your staff. You showing yourself and being vulnerable in your thoughts and your asking for opinions shows that you have no ego. It doesn't show that you're weak. It shows that you have no ego. So when it goes to building that relationship with your coworkers mm -hmm. and your employees, what I do personally is obviously I listen and I ask for their opinion. Right. And I show that I care about what they're saying. I also try not to be rehearsed. So what I do then is when I speak to them, I don't use corporate jargon or philosophical uh, philosophies from like a book or a strategy that I've read. Instead, I share with them in plain speak as if we're just talking. Right. So that we can focus on what we're saying versus having them decipher what I'm trying to mean. And I think it is important as a leader that you are able to be relatable and share your experiences, what you're thinking and what you're feeling as well. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It's meaning that you're being transparent and not having an ego. So I'm one not to really believe in, you know, showing and demonstrating by force or by that I know it all. It's more about relating to actually being interested and invested in their thoughts and their feelings. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones who really make the work environment what it is and really grows our company. Karen, last point on this. There have been times where we have to make a decision to let some people go. 
And empathy in some people's minds means, well, they have a family, they have a mortgage, they have rent to pay, they have kids, they have college bills, they have whatever. And you have to make the right decision for the team. And if that decision is to let that person go, you want to empathize <clears throat> with that person's experience and the fact that they're going to suffer financially, but you still have to do what's right for the team. And if that person walks away thinking you're a horrible person and you hurt them, you have to live with it. And that's why leadership ain't for everybody. Because while we're being empathetic, we also have to be empathetic and compassionate and real to the bottom line of the organization and everybody else. Complex stuff. Tierney Wade, Chief Operating Officer of the National Society of Leadership and Success. I want to thank you so much for joining us on Lessons of Leadership. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You got to stay with us. We'll be right back. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, the Helix, Fedway Associates Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com. NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network. All right, Mary, now it's time. We talked about empathy. We talked about compassion. We, we talked to uh, Tierney Wade about how much of this empathy gene is in your DNA and how much empathy can be taught, complex stuff. But here's what I keep thinking about. Let me, let me play out a scenario for you. And then we'll talk about difficult conversations, which we were just talking behind everyone's back, our team over here in our studio, about these conversations. You have to let someone go. You have to let someone go on your team. Why? Because the person's not carrying their weight. The person's not performing at a certain level. You've got to make financial cutbacks. Uh, Scarlett was just talking about uh, Elon Musk was saying he had to let a bunch of people go. You said it was one of the hardest days in his life, right? So here's the question, Mary. If we have empathy, does that not mean that we care deeply about someone's mortgage, rent, their got to pay for their kids' college? You always talk about that with your two boys. Same here as well. Mm-hmm. You got bills to pay. The person just had a new baby. They bought a new house, whatever. But we've had to make those decisions, Mary. And to that person, I and you, because you did it with me, we look terribly unempathetic. Do you know that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. I, Am I making it, it this is, up? But you want to know what? If you don't make those difficult decisions and if you don't have those challenging conversations, the entire team is going to suffer. For example, if you have somebody on your team, they are not pulling their weight. They're not meeting deadlines. They're not communicating and sharing information with the team. That is going to send the message to the rest of the team that subpar behavior, subpar performance is acceptable. That's going to grow like a cancer within the organization. And, you know, at certain times, I actually had people on our team come to me and say, hey, listen, so-and-so is not pulling his or her weight and the extra slack is falling on me. So if you don't make the, the 
decision and it is hard. None of us want to do it. We all want to sing Kumbaya together. And at the end of the day, be like, rah, rah, it's great. But for the, for the longevity and the sustainability of the organization and happy teams and collaborative teams, you need to, you know, have those difficult conversations. But here's the deal as we give some, provide some tips on having difficult conversations, which are, in fact, I want to be clear. I mentioned my coaching work a lot. My leadership coaching often winds up focusing on this issue. Well, I have to have a difficult conversation with someone, so-and-so on the team, and I'm not sure how to do it. Okay. Um, you have to confront the situation. You have to deal with it directly. I'm not saying it's easy, but here's the thing I've learned, Mary. And Elvin, could you, Elvin, come on in for a second? Or is Elvin directing right now and he can't do anything else? Because I want to pull him in for a second. Elvin, if you can come in. So, Elvin, respond to this if you could. By the way, thank you for wearing the Steve Adubato lessons and stand and deliver lessons. Representing, I love it. I love it. Elvin, here's the deal. If someone on the team, say in this case, you and the rest of our team, if you're peeved at me as the leader because I'm acting in a cranky way or a less than productive way and my attitude is terrible, which is not just hypothetical, it's happened in the past, that's on me. But if I make a decision that this is what we need to do for the best of the team, best what's best for the team, and someone's angry at me and goes home and says to their significant other or their friend, Steve's a jerk, he doesn't care about people, it, it hurt us because he let so-and-so go, I have to live with that, don't I? You do have to live with that. And I can't say where, but I'm dealing with that same situation right now. I need to have a rough conversation with someone who works for me. And I have to let them know that, unfortunately, they may be taking a substantial amount of a pay cut. Uh, I've been dealing with that. I've been trying to talk to my wife about it. Uh, and it's going to be a difficult conversation to have. But at the end of the day, my hands are tied and it has to happen. Uh, I don't think that makes me a bad person. I think it's just the company's needs. And the person needs to realize that it's not personal. It's just business. And what if that person does feel that it's personal and you've hurt them personally? You have to live with that as a leader. I do have to live with that. Uh, and I try to I try to explain to everyone that I work with. We can be friends, but at the end of the day, we also have to understand how to separate friendship from business. Just because I'm your friend doesn't mean that I don't care about your well. I mean, just because we work together doesn't mean I don't care about your well-being. Sometimes we have to make difficult decisions. Uh, and Frank could contest to that because, unfortunately, during the time, you know, he had Frank to be, Brown, our, our exceptional audio engineer coming on as we speak. Go ahead. Yes. At one point in time, I had to give him a tough conversation. It didn't mess up our friendship, but it was just a tough conversation that needed to be had. With I don't Frank, know, though, Elvin. You said it didn't mess up the friendship, yet he's not turning his camera on. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was as if on cue. <laughs> Frank, Frank's laughing. Frank, um, let me ask you this, without going into the specifics of what that conversation was, because it was private, not our business, how hard was how hard was it for you to hear your friend and colleague and someone you've mentored, we've talked about this in the past, tell you what he believed as leader you needed to hear? How hard was that for you? I mean, you know, if you understand the situation, once again, business is business, friendship is friendship. Elvin and I became friends through business. So we first were really just working together. So I also knew what was coming down the pike. So him having to deliver that to me and also being a friend, I had to make it easy for him just to, just the same so that, you know, being mature enough to, to accept what was coming to me um, just so we could get through it. Yeah. But that Mary, that's Frank. See, Frank's a mature, solid professional who I've worked with for 30 years. That makes 
one of us really old, not Frank, me. <laughs> um, but he, I think Frank's the exception, Mary, because when we did it a while back, mm -hmm. we did not have that reaction. Fair? Correct. Yeah. It, but you want to know what? There is a difference between completely letting somebody go and having to have a very challenging conversation that, you know, maybe isn't a complete cut the ties, but is still hard to either the wallet, the bank account or just morale or ego. But, you know, there is a little bit of a difference there. But yeah, it's never easy. Never, ever easy. All right. John, for Frank and for Elvin and for everybody, Mary, we've got some tips and tools. I was just going to say the first and uh, foremost is to empathize, right? So we'll have Sylvester put that on screen. We already talked empathize. that. Empathize. <laughs> you need to empathize with that person and what you're going to say. You need to manage your emotions, right? Like sometimes it is personal. As Alvin was just talking about, you do have that personal side, but you need to manage your emotions. You want to make sure that if you are angry or upset at a situation, don't show it. But also on the flip side, if you're empathizing too much and you're really sad, the worst thing you're going to do is cry as you're letting the person know this difficulty here news. So you need to keep your stuff together. Stay um, on that. Yeah. Sorry, I know we're talking about listening before I interrupt you, but let's stay on that. Alvin, <clears throat> you're managing your emotions. Frank is, again, the consummate professional. But if someone on the other end is not only getting emotional, that you're sharing this difficult conversation with difficult news to hear. That's what leaders do very often. But now that person is now saying things about you that are personal. But you did this and then you're terrible at that. And you're getting paid too much money. And why don't you take some of your fat salary and give it to it's getting personal. Mary's saying keep your emotions in check. Go ahead, Alvin. You have to keep your emotions in check because at the end of the day, you are who you are. And me personally, I've always said this. I don't care what people say about me. It doesn't pay the bills. Elvin. I I don't. I don't mm -hmm. I, I don't care. What I, I have said me. the same thing to Steve about that forever. It's, it's and not gonna I, kill it's not gonna kill me. It's not gonna hurt my feelings because I know who I am. Yeah. If you know who you are, words don't hurt. Elvin. I feel the same way. Me. Mary, listen. When people tell me they don't care what anybody says, what they say, I respect it to a degree. But are you telling me that all of us don't want to be liked? Seriously? I told you, I don't care that much. It, it puts too much control in the other person's perception of me if I care to that degree. Of course, it's nice to be liked. I don't want to be demoralized or insulted. But at the end of the day, I'm confident enough in myself and my ability and my work that I don't let that get under my skin. I just- Frank, real quick, before we go to the next tip and difficult conversation, does it being quote liked, because I often say to our clients that I'm coaching, you want to be liked all the time, you can't be a great leader. But it's I do want to be- absolutely right. It's absolutely right. Go ahead, Frank. There's no way to be a great leader and be liked all the time. Right. Why no, no way? You, you, you have to be the bad person. And, 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 and in your eyes, you're doing what you have to do because it's your job. But the bottom line is the people that you may have to deliver bad information to, right. they may not like it, but so oh, you, you become the bad guy in their <laughs> eyes. Can I bring this up? Now we're taping at the end of September, 2023. This game, this will be seen later. This is going to be old news, but it's still important news. The Jets, I'm a Giants fan. But root for the Jets as well. It's not like the Mets. I'm a Yankee fan. I don't like the Mets, but that's another story. The Jets had to have a hard conversation with, well, by the time it's airs, he may not be on the team, Zach Wilson. They bring in the superstar quarterback, right, who's get four games in, he's hurt. They got a backup quarterback that's not really a quarterback. He can't play in the NFL. Backup starter can't play, Zach Wilson. 
they had to have a hard conversation with them that you got to go. Because by not doing that, and he's probably gone by the time this airs, mm-hmm. you're, you're actually giving the shaft to the rest of the team. Elvin, go, and then Mary and Frank. That's a hard conversation. For whatever reason, they didn't have it. Go ahead, Elvin. It is a hard conversation to have. But at the end of the day, if you keep this bad person on your team. He's not a bad person. He's a bad quarterback. Well, that's what I mean. If you keep this bad quarterback on your team, all it's going to do is hurt your team. Now your players aren't going to want to play. They're not going to respect the quarterback. They're not going to have any confidence in what he can do. So it's better to cut the cord now than prolong it. Cut the cord. Get him off the bus, Mary. Yeah, get him off the bus. Sometimes you need to make that difficult decision. Frank, final word, then Mary, pick back up difficult conversations. What he needs to do is find out what he's actually good at and and hone in on that versus trying to play the role of something that he's not good at. So, What about it's not football? It may not be football. May not be. I'm, I know, I'm but not, they pay. I, I'm an audio engineer. I'm not a director. I'm I'm not a producer. You know what's so funny? Listen to Frank right now. I'll get off this in a second. And again, we don't know what's going to happen with Zach Wilson. One of the reasons the Jets kept him on the team, this isn't about football. It was when you take someone, this is, this is leadership. When you pick someone as the first pick in the draft and you pay that person dozens of millions of dollars, then you're afraid to let that person go because it makes everyone know that you realize you made a mistake. Yup, you did. Cut your losses. Let it go. You got to eat the money because no one else wants them. I'm not saying... It's hard to do, but that's leadership. Mary, third point. Yeah, and I was going to say, the third point was going to be be agile, and that just brought to my mind, um, Elvin, I know we're doing this in real time. Uh, do we have our guests back in the waiting room? Shall we try? We do. Can we? Why don't we take we do. a quick pause where we are, Steve? We will definitely pick this back up, and we'll see if we can get our guest on, and then we'll be back in just a second. How do you like that, being agile? We're agile. I'll be back after this. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network. We're back. No, we're not wearing what we were wearing before. (laughs) Why? Because it's 4.47 in the afternoon, and we were taping the other thing at 10.06. Yes, we tape out of order. Mary, what were we talking about? We were talking about some really important things. So for viewers, they would have just seen us talking about those really difficult conversations. And we were giving you know tips and tools. You need to empathize. You need to manage your emotions. And then we quickly talked a little bit about being agile and flexible because we were potentially throwing to one of our guests that we ended up having on later in the day. So that's where we left off. So we can pick it up with another tip or tool. And I have one if you'd like. Oh, yeah, sure. Have a strategy. And that's my strategy was making sure that Frank and Elvin were both back on camera because I would love to get their opinion on this. When you need to have that difficult conversation, uh, obviously, Elvin was talking about the fact that he had to have a difficult conversation with someone. When you need to have that difficult conversation, how important is it, Frank, your turn to have a strategy going into that conversation? I mean, a strategy is important for anything. I mean, if you if you don't figure out how to deliver it, because the delivery is everything, how you present it is everything, and you have to you have it. It, it could be the same message hmm. for a bunch of people. So what's important is how you deliver it to each each person individually, and that as a good leader, you have to figure that out. That's that's very important. You know, I, I like what Frank said, but let me push back a little bit, my friends, as the great leadership philosopher Mike Tyson once said, 
Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. So let me ask. No, no. Wait a minute. You think I made that up, Alvin? You're muted. I've heard, I've heard that before. Yeah, okay. I didn't, I didn't say I made it up. All I'm saying is you got a plan. I hear you. You got a strategy. I hear you. Difficult conversations. It goes sideways. You get punched in the face metaphorically, meaning you get pushback you didn't expect. What happened to your plan, Alvin? That's a good question. The plan's out the window, now you're ad-libbing. But for me, personally, I try to go over every conversation that I'm going to have with anyone, meaning an employee or a colleague, with my wife. She's my, my biggest advocate. She works in human resources, is what she does for a living. So I run everything past her, and she comes back to me, well, they may say this, they may say that. So I try to be well-prepared, because the one thing I don't want to do is, is make anyone cry or put myself in a bad situation to say something that I may not, that I may not have should have said. Okay. Okay. So now we're getting down to it. You've never made anybody cry by delivering a hard message in a difficult conversation. Cause if I know I have, I have, I have. not only, only children, meaning my children, but <laughs> no one is <laughs> professional. Environment. Wait, Elvin, in all truth, have you ever had to let anybody go? I have actually, I was on a job uh, doing an esports gig. And uh, I had a handheld operator who was just very, very, very lazy. And I was oh. trying to make work. So that's why they didn't work. cry, because they didn't care. Trying to, no, he did care. Mary, Mary did, did you hear end, the session we did on listening? Just, sorry. Okay, go ahead, Alvin. At, at the end of the day, I had to have that conversation with him. And I tried to have my production manager do it. And he was like, no, if you're going to let him go, it's, it's on you. You got to give it, you got to let him know. So I told him, and he kind of, I thought he took it okay. And so I was leaving the building. And as I was leaving with some other coworkers, he, he approached me and was like, well, please give me another chance. I really need this job. You know, this was a three-day event. I was planning on that money. And I was like, I'm sorry, the decision was already made. Long story short, I'm glad that I was with other colleagues because he was ready to have uh, an altercation over me letting him go. Wait, wow. hold on. The Tyson thing just got real. So right. hold on. You're saying that you actually think that he wouldn't have cried, but he may have gotten physical. Oh, no, he was ready to get physical. But luckily, I was with a group of people that it didn't go that way. Wow. Uh oh. Uh, but you got to think about I... it, Steve. In the freelance industry, when, you, when you're when on a gig and you're supposed to get four days straight and you're fired after the first day, hmm. who knows his circumstances? You know, the, let me ask you something, Frank. Um, there's, a, there's a rule that if you get fired, it's not a rule, rule, but I always thought about this because I've been fired so many times from different networks. And you know when a network says we're going in a different direction? That means they don't want you. I figured that out. Never beg for the job. You believe in that, Frank? Never beg. Absolutely. I won't no, beg. No, you have to have some self some self-respect. Your, your integrity is everything in front of these people. And it also lets them know that, you know, that there's a possibility you could circle back and hire me again so mm. and, and they need to know that but if, if mm. you go out whining um and and seem like your self-respect is out mm. the window the bottom line is why would i hire this person again i love it hey mary you got any more tips on these difficult conversations i do you i would love to just finish with this one because i think it's important use real life examples so whenever you have to have a difficult conversation don't just say to somebody you know steve you really you know we're a jerk today you didn't handle that well right no and says Instead, go to go to somebody and say, Steve, you know, when you spoke to 
X, Y, and Z in this way, let me give you an example, it probably wasn't received well, right? So make sure you always use concrete specific examples so the person knows what you mean. Sorry for interrupting you, Mary. I just was saying we all needed to listen better and I interrupted you. That's okay. Melvin, are you giving us the message in the chat that it says officially say goodbye? Yes, sir. Frank, do us a favor. You got a great voice for television, radio, or any media platform. Frank, do us a favor. Say goodbye to everyone. Thank you for joining us today on our show, ladies and gentlemen. We want to, uh, I don't know if you need to thank your sponsors or anything, Steve, but at this point, we always want to thank the sponsors, but have a good day. Wow, he was good. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership is made possible by the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 825, the North Ward Center, the New Jersey Sharing Network, Delta Dental of New Jersey, the Helix, Fedway Associates Inc., Veolia, resourcing the world, Choose New Jersey, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine, and Meadowlands Media, a print and digital business news network.